Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. That's for Courtney right there. Me and her, we got a vanilla ice fetish. I don't know what the hell to call it, but we love vanilla. Oh, man, y'all were listening to that song for real slow down. He did his damn thing. Maybe one just song in his career, but he did his thing, man. Love for you guys out there who got love for Never Shut Up. We know it's powered by you, and it's also powered by ProjectTransition.org where we here learn life lessons and talk sports, but we also cover those who cover sports like nobody else. And you know what it is. If you go to projecttransition.org, you will get this book if you leave a recurring donation or just leave your email free. That's free 99 right there or a one-time donation. Whatever you do, be a part of the team, be a part of the movement that's having an impact on the community and these itty-bitties out there. Let them go find that inner power and display it for the world to see so they can unlock their potential. Just like my man Frank Adams did just yesterday from Alameda, California. What's up, Frank? I remember Frank, one of the members of Wiley's World, Daryl Davis. But you can call him D. Hit it, Ron. Where is he from? Addis, Louisiana. Woo! Woo! Now, that sounds small town. Like, you go up in there, every soon you get past city limits, you come into their town, and just a pot of gumbo just waiting for you right there at the border, right? Arthur Poland, love to you from Oakland Park, Florida. That sounds like you got a, a couple bucks. Sally, you got $5 in your pocket. You sound rich to me. Isaiah Walker, damn. Isaiah Walker from Levine, Arizona. Okay, out there living good. Former nose tackle from high school. You know you want them big dogs with no neck, I bet. And Andre Bryant from Tacoma, Washington. Love you guys for your donations to Project Transition. Your books will be in the mail for the four of you who did the recurring. The fifth one, I saw you. You better go get that recurring donation. Love for you guys. So you know how we start off every show for what's up with that dude. Um, yesterday was my first football practice in like two years that we were coming off a loss. Oh, 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 the Bill Parcells, the tuna in me, this dark and black and tuna was out there yesterday. I had eight-year-olds out there sweating. I tightened the boats. I don't know what it is, the natural dynamic. When you come off a loss, oh, you about to pour on some extra hot sauce, right? And I had them itty-bitties locked in. 
Now, I'm never mean to the point where I even tell them I'm never going to be mean and I'm never mad at you. But I can get disappointed because I may appoint you to do something. And if you don't do it, I am disappointed in that. Okay. I also tell them I'm never, ever going to make an example of you, but I will use you as an example. Like my itty bitty that ran during the game. We break the huddle. He says, coach, can I go to the bathroom? I was like, yeah. Can you wait after this play? No. Took off running, okay? Somebody else substitute. Uh, we run the play, we run the play. MJ scores a touchdown. Guess what I hear from the referee? Sorry, penalty, blowing the whistle. I'm like, what you mean? Uh, you have eight men on the field. I said, like, no, we don't. That itty-bitty went to the bathroom. Quick number one, didn't wash his hands. Came right back on that field like nothing happened. <laughs> no substitution, no nothing. Didn't go to the sideline, sit down, nothing. So I had to tighten the boats, all right? So we got a whole new dynamic right now. I really was preaching to them the fact that we got to have discipline. We're a young team. MJ just turned eight, right? Our team is just eight-year-olds. We're playing against nine-year-olds and a couple of 10-year-olds out there. No excuses, but I had to tell them. Look, in terms of talent and physical skills, we're going to qualify, but let's be real. We're going to go get some kids that going to have a few of y'all on their team. We may have three guys that can run fast. They'll have seven. We got to do something about that. So how are we going to do it? We're going to outsmart them and outheart them. And they were looking at me like, okay, coach. Okay, tuna, black and tuna. Let's go. And then I hit them with this. I said, look, our last game, we almost won. Still, this team was loaded, y'all. We played 21-18. We lost, all right? We lost by three. We lost by extra points being real. We both scored three touchdowns. I said, but here's the difference. We were some fingers out there, right? And you know what fingers are. This is how the team looked last week. And they were like, what? I was like, are all these the same? No, they're all different sizes, different shapes, right? Doing their own thing, pointing in different directions. I said, I need us to be a fist. <laughs> kids were like, what? <laughs> this is eight-year-old selling candy-ass Pop Warner flag football, coach. Chill out. And I said, no more fingers, guys. Fists. Because if the fingers tried to go at it with the fist, who's going to win? And they said, the fist. And I said, let's go. So we'll see what we do this week. We better win. If not, I ain't got no more tricks up my sleeve. All right, after that, um, I took a recommendation from a friend of a new pizza spot. Y'all ever been there? Where you're like, I like my pizza spot. It's cool, but I need something else. Can't lie, I've been relying on the old Domino's order for too long. Even though it's still amazing. Do not set trip. I love me some Domino's new recipe. However, what else is out there, right? So I tried a new spot. It was bomb.com. I can't even lie. It was called Fresh Brothers. You ever heard of that? I didn't until yesterday, kind of. Now, my boy told me about it, and I've been wanting to do it, but I was like, I'm, I'm losing weight. I'm feeling tight. I'm being all right. I got, I got things to do to wear on a suit. Got to look flat, right? But I was like, forget that, shoe. It been in my head. Soon we planted that seed. I was like, I got to order it. We ordered it yesterday. The damn delivery dude left it in the front, at the front gate, and didn't even send me a uh, text. It didn't get the notification, nothing. Finally, I just looked like, man, where's my food? It's been there for 20 minutes. 20 minutes at the gate. So I go get it, walk up. It's still hot. Not piping hot, but hot. I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Already a, a check for this Fresh Brothers. Opened it up. Ooh, I saw them slices, but they were cube slices like I like it. Ah, big old extra large for me and the family. And I went to war, y'all. I stopped counting about 13 pieces. I 
Ross was killing that thing. So if y'all got any recommendations of fresh pizza spots, I'm your guy. I need the freshest pizza spots out there. Tell me what it is. Certainly we'll order one day. All right, y'all. Speaking of a recommendation, uh, the NFL doesn't want you or any team listening to Chris Sims's recommendations about how to play football anymore. Why? Because he got caught slipping, speaking the real, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and how they've been using that quarterback sneak. Y'all seen it before. And they use it near the goal line that has now garnered a ton of criticism, even from other coaches in the league and executives. They're like, come on, dog. What y'all out here doing, man? Rugby? Like, what y'all doing? Okay, so Chris Sims suggested a controversial idea to deter teams like the Eagles from running that play. He said, look, I know how to stop that play. Uh, defensive players, go out there and target and physically challenge the quarterback during the play. But he didn't say it so highbrow. He went down to the gully to the gutter and said it just like this. If I was a defensive coach, quote, I'd be going, go ahead hunting on the quarterback here. Go ahead. Let him have it. Dive over. Go crazy. Try to kill. Uh-oh. Did he say that word? It was, okay, okay, okay. Did he say the K word? Kill the quarterback. That's what I would do. Uh-oh. So now his initial statement led to concerns about player safety, obviously. Even Mike Tur- uh, Florio was sitting there like, hey, hey, let me clarify uh, what he was trying to say. He didn't mean kill, y'all. You know what I mean? He didn't mean it like that. He meant uh, make the quarterback pay or think twice, okay? So Sims' comments generated backlash everywhere uh, about the quarterback, especially even Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts chimed in. It was like, I heard a guy wanted me hurt for it too, right? And then <laughs> Sims was like, I don't mean it like that. You know I don't mean kill, but I mean just make them pay. Make them think twice about doing it. Okay, now this all lands bad. Why? Because this is the NFL, and they ain't going to like a broadcast partner of theirs advocating for somebody to kill the quarterback, figuratively or literally, right? And especially with their history with Bounty Gate, Involving the Saints, y'all remember that scandal, uh, that charade, let me stop, uh, they don't want that as well, I'm going to talk through that. So, all this controversy, Jalen Hurts really shook it off, he was indifferent, he's like, whatever dog, it's football, I get how it goes, so defend the play the best you can, good luck to y'all out there. So, a lot of scrutiny around this situation of how to go and attack this, and they even suggested one strategy, how about this, hey defense is out there. Tackle the ball carrier during the play. That's it. (laughs) Stupid. All right, let me tell you what's going on here right now. And every team I've ever been on, and I almost did it with our itty-bitties just yesterday, but we're playing flag football. But the point is, you always want to muck it up. You always want to punish them, right? Make them pay. When they, the opponents, are either out-talenting you or out-scheming you. Trust me. Every time my coach said, this week, we got to be physical. I'm like, ah, damn. Who we playing? (laughs) They must be hella good, hella fast, or hella smart. They coach must be it. Yep. Every single time. Check, check, check. Because it's already stated that you got to be physical to play football. This is like a life lesson. Anytime somebody overstates something, anytime somebody gives you that double down on something, it's really a vulnerability and security at display. On basically, we really need to do something we already doing, coach. 
Why we got to really do it this week? Oh, because we're void in some other area, right? Basically, they're void in stopping this play because they ain't came up with the schematic challenge to stop the play. So now they're just saying, whoop them up. <laughs> we figure it out there, right? If you can't catch them, when you do get your hands on them, punish them, right? And that's why you see some games, but beyond the whistle to the echo of the whistle, right? Why does the guy go to that place? When do you get that emotional content where now you're going to blur the lines of what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong? It's because you're like, dog, if I don't do it this way, ain't no other way. You see it in boxing all the time. You got that fabulous, glossy boxer who could sit there from distance and just wear you out. And then what are you told to do in your camp if you can't do that? Go out there and just hold them. <laughs> Go out there and just close that space, right? Et cetera. Be physical, right? Same thing in football as well. So there are some things you just don't say. And then this is this situation right here where you just can't say it if you're Chris Sims. But we all know what you really mean. Ain't nobody that stupid. But you got to play that role. So there's a reason to push an old lady down the stairs, right? What did Chris Rock say? Just don't do it <laughs> and just don't say it if you're Chris Sims. So it's funny. I used to play against the Denver Broncos. Remember when they won back to back championships kind of got forgotten that they won back to backs. 97, 98, John Elway out there. You know, you're like, God dang. Okay. Terrell Davis. You're like, Lord, ballers everywhere, man. So we were right, what's, you're like, golly, they got boys everywhere. Remember playing against them and they boat raced us in Buffalo one year. Um, but they used to do that cut block, that chop block, right? They all they all lined up like this, staring at you. I think Mark Slareff was on the team too, my homie. He's, they all staring at you like this. They say, said, hook, and they all do this. Like in March, said, hook, and they just, and they diving. Either that or they would go, said, hook, and they'll turn sideways and run sideways. And if you try to make your move, you try to get through the space, they dive in. It was crazy, y'all. You know why it was crazy? Let me tell you this. Why it was so effective. Because they made you make a choice. Either you're going to make that play, this play right here, or you're going to make it to see another play. You get what I'm saying? Make, try and make this play. Yeah. They always went for your knees. And you know why? They wanted you to think about this game or your career. <laughs> right? They want to think about being healthy or not so healthy. Boy, they used to cut us down like trees. We'd be running like sideways like, ah, you trying to fight him. And you're like this, and, ah, it, it was whew, anxiety plus, y'all. So it worked, though, because my where's my mind right now when he's doing this? Said, huh? where's my mind? I got technique. I got form. I got to try to make the play. But then he took my mind off of all that. I'm thinking about my health benefits. So I'm like, God dang, dog. <laughs> Woo! You know, and you're just thinking about the wrong things, allowing them that much of a crease for Terrell Davis and that big hammerhead he had, and he was tilting that thing. Woo! Gone. Six every time. So I know what they're trying to do out there. I know what they're trying to say, but you got to be smart about it. When you can't beat them, coach always said, if you can't beat them, beat them up. <laughs> Simple as that. So y'all tell me how the NFL is going to handle this or should handle this. They are broadcast partners, so you got to be delicate about this situation. And what responsibilities do you have if you're Chris Sims? Like, are we talking and listening to Chris Sims because he's going to tell us what a football perspective looks like? Like, I don't want to hear Mike Florio tell me everything about football. Like, all right, now somebody who put a helmet on, <laughs> somebody who's been in the huddle, what do you know? And this is the problem. They put the microphone in a lion's den, right? 
and get mad at what they hear from the lion's den. What are you supposed to hear? And sometimes that doesn't sound as polite and politically correct as you desire. Oh, well, don't ask the real if you don't want the real in return. And last thing, what should the NFL do in terms of factors considering the evaluation and potential altercations that could come from you really trying to muck it up in these moments? What should the NFL do? Should they get ahead of this or just wait? Because I don't know. I don't see no other way stopping that play unless you get them with one of those. Or this, <laughs> as I used to have to suffer through. It's a rip <laughs> Sucker. Oh, I'm having flashbacks. No lie, my heart rate is up because I am shook. I don't even want to see orange and blue right now. No Denver. Well, actually, now I can see these Denver Broncos, but not when I played in 97, 98. I'm so, <laughs> oh, man. Well, let me hit y'all with one of these moves right here. And y'all hit me with the projecttransition.org move. Your move is to go right now, log on to it, and leave a recurring donation. This exact book, this one right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll send this to you right here. My life never shut up. I will send it to you with a recurring donation to support the community and support the kids and our efforts for them to unlock their true potential. Or just leave your email. Just leave a one-time donation. One time, one time, just leave that. All love. You're a part of the team. You're a part of us making a difference. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers because he's not on the field right now and he can't make a difference. Or can he? He's like, yo, these words got power, homie. Listen to me while I tell y'all what I got to say. So Aaron Rodgers, we know he's injured and he's in California. I think he's at his Malibu estate. I saw online somewhere where Aaron Rodgers has the most expensive home of all professional athletes. I was like, damn, really? That's one hell of a list to win, right? (laughs) Goodness. Because I know some athletes with some cribs. LeBron, good Lord. He got LeBron beat? Go ahead. So uh, he criticized his own team, the New York Jets, for their sideline squabbles. What up, boy? Knuckle up. What Unk say in Snowfall? Learn how to squabble, homie. <laughs> Let me do that again. Cut and action. Learn how to squabble, homie. <laughs> that was the best scene ever. That one in bodies, bodies, bodies. I digress. All right. So Aaron Rodgers is sitting there trying to rehab, but he watching his team play. You know, he watching Red Zone YouTube TV. He like, he ain't even watching them with like direct channel, just one screen. He watching them on Red Zone. You know damn well. He like, Damn fools. Losing and fighting each other, not fighting the other team and winning, but fighting each other and losing. So Aaron Rodgers was just looking at the sideline, the squabbles they had, the lack of poise they were showing, etc. And then, you know, word got back. He started talking about it. His team started reacting about it. DJ Reed talked about it. He said, he's right, man. Look, you can't blow up and show our frustration on the sideline, especially on the sideline. Why not? Because you know the world is there to judge critically everything they see on the sideline. So here's the thing. you got to remember, the masses have not played football. Even though football is the king of all sports in our country, the masses have not participated at high-level football. Think about it. Okay, you went to a high school. 2,000 students in your high school. Okay, there's 100 on the football team. There are 1,900 other students there. Some of them may have played before high school. They played Pop Warner and realized I'd rather ride bikes, rather play video games, right? So let's give another 100. There's 1,800 people at that one high school that has never, ever put on a helmet. 
but they'll go to the games. They'll hang out with you, blah, blah, blah. But just think about that. So most people you run into, despite you playing and all your boys playing, your circle playing, they ain't play no football. So the last thing you need to do is give them some food for thought because they're going to think the wrong things about what they see on that sideline. But sometimes you need to get into it on that sideline. Hey, bruh. Hey, when I go around on the loop, you got to hold the guard. I'm not going to say that like, hi, excuse me. Like, you know, when you can, if you could get around to it, maybe if you're not busy, can you like hold him? Like, no, I got to say it the way I say it. I got to do what I got to do. Your emotional content in that moment is sky high fire on one, right? You are just at the next level, next zone. So I get why a lot of these things get misconstrued. Let's keep going. So even Robert Sala, Jets head coach, even said, look, the team needs to handle the negativity and their frustrations better. So he said he's not wrong in that when you have frustration, it's easy to look for answers when sometimes the most important answer is inward. I see you, Robert Sala. You down with Project Transition. Talking about the inner power. All right, so he talked about that, and he was like, look, who Aaron Rodgers is, his perspective, his experience, makes his criticism valuable for us as the New York Jets. So everybody chimed in, kind of got marching steps, same thing. Look, Aaron Rodgers is a part of this team. He's got thoughts, and I think he does a really good job articulating those thoughts in a manner that's respectful. And they talked about his leadership, how Aaron left an imprint in this locker room. Quote, we have the utmost respect for Aaron and whatever he says. Everybody listens. Okay, we get it. Aaron Rodgers got stripes, homie. You know what I'm saying? He just walk in, and then you just got to gotta respect him. He's Franklin Saint. You know, you just got to respect him for what he's done, the work he put in. And then it's crazy because it's funny how two negatives make a positive in this situation, right? Like they're on the sidelines doing something that they shouldn't, and then Aaron is over there from afar criticizing him, and he's saying something that you don't do, right? You should, we shouldn't be doing this, and he's saying y'all shouldn't and don't do it. And those negatives, like in multiplication, two negatives multiplied against each other become a positive, right? In this situation, it becomes positive. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers is there to clean it up. Now, here's the funny thing about that. Because generally, I'm not a fan of somebody talking, but not walking. Most people aren't, right? Like, okay, I get it. I, I get your emotional support. I get how you're invested in us. I get how you're a part of this. But let me be real. Um... How much you going to be talking, dog? Because we know how much you're walking. You ain't doing nothing for this team this year. So I'm not a fan of that. But this seems a little different. Tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong. Because there's only so much of that you would take. Woof, woof, woof. Okay, bro. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we got to go do what you're thinking and what you're talking about. Okay. Right? So I wonder how much more they'll take of the criticism of Aaron Rodgers when they're already showing their frustration on the sideline with each other and they all are chipping in on this in terms of the physical task and toll it takes. But then, you know Aaron Rodgers, you know you need him, and he ain't going to be there this year. But you also know he's coming back next year, so you may give him grace. You may give him mercy. But somebody off backseat driving, right? Somebody shotgun driving. You're like, man, if you don't. My wife does this every time I get to a parking lot. Every time I get to a parking lot. As soon as I turn into, I'm going to Albertsons. <laughs> going to Albertsons, right? I'm going to the parking lot. Oh, baby, you can park right there. Okay, you can park right there. Oh, there's a spot over there. Oh, we, the handicap is right there next to it. 
You think I don't see all these spots? <laughs> you think I don't see that too? Like one and two. Why are you? What are you trying to say? 0.87 milliseconds? Like, like, baby, let me just drive. I've been driving for two minutes from home to the grocery store. We're fine. Why are you trying to say two seconds? I don't get it. So me and her really have this conversation every time we go somewhere. But the point is, how long can you take somebody? I don't care who they are. Just constantly. Uh, uh, uh. I guess boxers are a great example because boxers are like, oh, 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 snap. Come on, man. Ding, ding, ding. Go to the corner. And oh, <laughs> you got the fat belly ass trainer telling me, hey, hey, you better look out for his right. His right is coming. You're like, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Give me more ice, dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sometimes you can understand that role, and sometimes it can just get taxing. I know when I play, it's like there's this effect where you're just like, enough of all of this coaching. Like everybody got something to chip. Everybody got something to say, but none of them could do a rip move. None of them can do a swim move, right? But they trying to tell me, oh man, next time they come out in that bunch formation, you gotta look for that crackback, dog. You gotta look for that crackback. I know for the crap. He just called me slipping. He get paid too. So just crazy about all of that stuff. When you talk about situations, but you're not there. Some of that happens on this show. I talk about where I started. I had a, my own reality show in Buffalo. I don't talk too much about that because nobody saw it. Uh, NFL Network. I talk about that. Uh, ESPN. Talk about that and them. Uh, Fox FS1. I talk about that and them. And sometimes I'm knowing those people there. They ain't gonna say it outwardly because I don't lie. That's why nobody really want to come at me because they know I ain't lying and they know I will go all the way. Like one reason I ain't gangbang growing up was simple. I will go all the way. <laughs> I'm crazy like that. But so they don't mess with me, but I don't mess with them either. I'm just telling the truth. So anyway, I feel that kind of like back and forth. Some of them are like, yeah, how long while they going to just keep talking about a team he ain't on? Aaron Rodgers to that degree. So I take it as I give it, man. I get how it goes. So how important y'all think the role of experienced veteran leaders like Aaron Rodgers is in guiding and shaping the team when they're away. Mm, that's the caveat right there. And what strategies could a team Im- implement to like change the sideline behavior? I don't think nothing wrong with it, but some y'all do. So since y'all think something wrong with it, what's the solution? How should you act? Is there a proper etiquette to sideline demeanor? Tell me that in the comments. Let's beat that up. <laughs> Hitting corners in the six tray Chevrolet, ragtop Impala. Top dollar, got my cousin laid back riding shotgun. Cause I got them front and back hydraulic hot ones. Where is that from? If y'all guessed that one, I'm not lying. First one that guesses that one, I got something for you. I don't know, but I gotta hook you up. Cause that is my song right there. Woo! All right, let's get into this right now because this was obviously dominating the, the summertime in terms of Damian Lillard wanted to leave Portland. Mr. Loyal himself, Mr. Rapper Extraordinary, they ain't got bars. Mr. Extraordinaire himself wanted to go. But he only wanted to go one place, we heard. The Miami Heat. All of a sudden, that turned into ESPN and others reporting, I don't know about Miami as a destination. And we heard other destinations without names. And then we finally heard Toronto last weekend. Well, we know what happened. He ends up becoming... Amy walk me walkie Milwaukee buck good lord I'm, I'm, you know why I'm really shook because <laughs> oh we went at it in my group text my boys was like dog everybody else just fight for second Giannis Dame Dollar Middleton Lopez 
<laughs> Even if we stay healthy, my Clippers, where they at? Where they at, Moby? Where they at? Where they? Uh, uh, I ain't. Uh, we gonna be all right. We gonna be all right. We let's talk through this story first. So on the Levitar show, Stu guys, y'all know Mike Ruiz. He's on there too. Uh, they criticize major NBA media outlets, ESPN, The Ringer, etc., for co- allegedly colluding to prevent Damian Lillard from joining the Miami Heat. All right. So here's some quotes from it: tainting the pool and saying that Miami's offer is unfair and saying asinine things about Tyler Hero and Miami's assets. It worked. So they're talking about how maybe these things were uh, substantiated. Maybe they weren't. But the point is, why y'all putting this out about a guy who just wants to go to that place? Like, what kind of investigative reporting are you doing in this moment other than just giving us the logistics, the details of him going from point A to point B? Why all of this? We are not receptive. So you know this goes to a larger conversation about insiders and how insiders are not really taking you fully inside the opportunity, inside the conversation, inside the interaction. They're rather just picking and choosing where they want you to go in terms of your thoughts about any player or any situation. They're being real particular. They're navigating you to an outcome rather than showing you everything and letting you come up with that outcome yourself. Interesting. So Ryan claimed that these outlets tainted the perception of Miami's offer and questioned the value of the players like Tyler Hero and effectively worked against Miami's interest in acquiring Lyric. So insiders blatantly told a line of their key source within the situation and share mostly just the information that comes from that source or benefits that source. Imagine this line one. Hey, they want to go Miami. Really? What else? That's it. That's all you want. All right, Walsh or whoever. Peace. Hang up. Then all of a sudden you're like, but that's not my lifeline. That's not my source. I, my source is over here calling me. Hey, you hearing anything? Yeah, I heard Dame wants to go to Miami. Ah, no. Now, this source may not be with Miami. He's like, ah, no, don't let that happen. That ain't right. You know, we need you to look out for us over here in Philly, whatever, you know what I mean, Toronto, whatever it may be. Oh, okay. Okay, well, what are they offering? Oh, man, you know, I don't know that. I'll give you a call back. Calls back. It's Tyler Hero on them. Ah, man, Tyler Hero, is he he healthy? Is he professional? Is he? That's how it goes. (laughs) Now, that all is insider information. At the same time, to what avail, to what advantage, to whose advantage is, I think, what they're saying here at the Levitar show. So here's another quote about it. In the last couple of days, Mark Spears of ESPN's Enscape reported Toronto was the front runner for Lillard. That led many to assume Lillard will be a Raptor in no time. But however, that didn't occur. So they're saying how they're shifting the winds. They're controlling the winds direction based on what they want in terms of potential outcome. Uh, They were talking about in this article, the instances where Woj, Brian Windhorst provided different angles on the little trade situation, right? And Adam Silver even came out stronger than both of those guys. So if you really got a problem, let's start at the top with Adam Silver who said that during the Lillard saga that uh, we're not getting into guys who are talking about preferred destinations. That's not how this game and this trade scenario should work. Here's his quote. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver consistently spoke out against Lillard's approach in press conferences and released a memo to NBA teams warning against trade requests and similar threats. That came from the Levitard show as well. All right. All of that said, right? 
we have come a long way. And if you're a player, uh, you ain't going the right way. We're not going in the right direction in terms of player empowerment, right? Because player empowerment meant something different back then to what it does right now. Here's another quote. More interesting to me is after, what is it, a decade or 12 years of total player empowerment, Damian Lillard is the crossroads on, no, we will not respect your power and your leverage and your relationship with our city. It's interesting all of that happened. So one day the owners must have just woke up and just said, and it was a recent day, you know what? No more. I mean, the James Harden effect, call it what you want. What's going on with James Harden in Philly? You know, as he bounced around from Houston all the way on his way there through uh, New York, New Jersey. Uh, now he can't get what he wants. You see how this is playing out now? So here's my question to you guys first. Let's just talk about are they correct? Is this really collusion? Is this really an issue? Or is this just a case of, hey, man, y'all thought one thing. Y'all thought he was going to go to Miami. You guys are based in Miami. Maybe that's your bias. Uh, sounds like it is. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Or it's something to hold on to because there's some BS right here. Let's talk through that. And how do we go from a star, I mean, the star, LeBron James, that player going to a girls and boys club, right? With his uncle's camcorder on his shoulder, like, sit still, boy. All right, man, now, tell him where you're going. Tell him your decision. <laughs> button up them button-ups. <laughs> he had a button. <laughs> boy, LeBron came a long way. LeBron had a button-up. For the biggest moment, it seemed like in sports history in terms of captivating. Like, we're sitting there looking at him like he a high school five-star recruit. Look at I me, mean? like, where you going to go? You going to Alabama? You going to Tennessee? <laughs> He's sitting there with the hats. He's sitting there with a button-up. Yeah, how you doing? And so... We have come a long way from that moment. I said, sit still, boy. And now we hear where Damian Little, like, quietly, hey, I, I want to go. It's all right. You know, I've been real loyal to you. I've been here forever. Um, can I go where I want to go? I want to go to Miami. He want to go to Miami. He want to go to Miami. And then everybody puts back, he can't go to Miami. And then Woj and them like, no Miami. <laughs> so it's crazy. Like, player empowerment. Because Lillard's an all-NBA player. Average 32 points a game last. What are we doing? He can't get his way. Now, I've always been the guy who said, if you sign on that dotted line, your ass is mine. If I'm the owner, I'm sitting there like, nope, you ain't going nowhere. Owners woke up and reminded themselves. They were like, allow me to reintroduce myself. This is what I own. Oh, <laughs> this damn team. Like, what y'all doing? Like, dog, you signed this deal here. You're my, what? You don't want it? Oh, you want me to give it to you, but you're going to go? I wish I would. I mean, it sounds like dating life, like. I've seen this happen before, too. Buys, you know, we go and shop and we go, go get it. I don't know why. <sighs> Just, I don't know why you wanted a purse. Like, I, I rather gave you $3,000. Can we go shopping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you go, go buy a purse and you're sitting there like, man. I mean, this is just what young love, dumb, got $5 in your pocket to make you do. You go and shopping, buying gifts and stuff. And, you're like, oh. and then you look at how much you spent and you're like, if we would have just rolled that right now, <laughs> we would just start our pension fund. <laughs> Girl, you'd be happy with me later. Right now, you love me now. I see you tonight. You know, no more. But if you just take that 5K and run a little bit, girl, you'd be smiling more than you are right now walking around with that bag. Anyway, I used to get caught up in that. But the point is, that's what these owners must feel like. Like, all right, here's your money. Go ball. And then all of a sudden, y'all break up. You and the girl break up. She still got the bag. You're like, what? You got the bag. <laughs> and that's how you look with you look at this team. Damian Lillard took your money, and then he want to go and wear it in Miami. You're like, what? 
So I can see both sides of this. No lie. I can't. I never knew why I understood how the owners allowed this to happen for so long. I was, I was like, damn. Because I know on every check I've ever had, it had two names on it, right? You know what I'm saying? My name and whoever wrote that check name. And now, the person who wrote that check name, whose name is actually higher up on there, if you look in that top left corner, they starting to talk back and they talking real loud. So, tell me this. What do we think of Lillard not having the same control we've seen in players in the years past? Even though, let's be real, I got to remind you, Jimmy Butler didn't get what he wanted either. Not at first, no. Ben Simmons, no, no. James Harden right now, no, no. It's really starting to add up. Them dominoes are starting to fall. So beat it up in the comments and tell me, is this how it should be in terms of player empowerment? Should it be owner empowerment? I mean, it's kind of built into the name owner, but it wasn't that way for at least a decade, as the Levitar show pointed out. And is this a sign of what's to come or are these just one-offs? It's a lot of ones. <laughs> it's like a strip club right now. A lot of one-offs. So a lot of ones on the floor right here. Let me know what y'all think in these comments. Damn. Who gonna, who gonna beat Milwaukee? Who gonna beat Milwaukee? Who gonna scream and shout? Shut. Who is beating that team on paper right now? I, I had a six tray Impala, and I had it for like five, six years. Y'all may have seen I had it on MTV Cribs, and um, I had to sell it because I just felt, I felt I was in danger. <laughs> I can't even lie, dog. Everybody loved that car, and you know, you go to old school shows, a car show, everybody just loving it. I'm like, man. And everybody's like, yeah, that's really dope. You know, if somebody do this, oh, that's dope. No, no, that's really dope. No, that's really, really dope. I'm like, oh, damn. <sighs> Red light, got to look out. <laughs> so I just was too nervous driving that damn car. Like, what am I doing? Am I trying to film with Snoop? Let me slow down. So love for you guys, man. Always got love for you guys. ProjectTransition.org, ProjectTransition.org. And you get this book. If you leave a recurring donation to support the community, support our efforts in unlocking the potential of these kids, leave a recurring donation. I will send you this book. Or leave a one-time donation, leave your email, and I got love for you being a part of the team, helping us grow and go get what we deserve. All right, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott right now because he's about to go back, back to Dallas, Dallas, and he's about to play against his former team, the Dallas Cowboys, going back to AT&T Stadium. Yes, he is, after seven seasons with the Cowboys. Now, there's obviously going to be an emotional part to this game, emotional aspect of him facing his former team. And he talked about it. Look, he knows he got to go out there and play against his boys and put his best foot forward. But he says, quote, I mean, I don't have that much time to be too emotional. There are emotions. I may do a good job of kind of hiding them, but there will be some emotions, right? Now, we know what happened to Ezekiel Elliott. Decline in terms of his production, salary cap considerations, led to a $16.7 million cap hit. He had to get off. He had to get off the squad. He had to get off the roster. So he said, I talked on the phone with Mr. Jones, and he told me what was going on and that he didn't necessarily want to do it, but it's just part of the business. I think I have plenty left in the tank. I still think I'm a very good back. Okay, Zeke, one thing we got in common is that phone conversation with Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, we both have been cut by Jerry Jones, right? So I'm going to plow through all this. Uh, guys were talking about him. Michael Parsons said, quote, his presence and the joy he brings to the locker room are missed. And Tony Pollard, you remember him, uh, who's now taking his place. He said he's had a great influence on me playing this game. Just watching him, just watching how he does things, how he approaches things. Right. OK, 
Let's talk about this. Let me get no, give me this last quote from Zeke. He said, it's definitely going to be weird just being in a different uniform, being in the visitor's locker room, but I think it would just be a good experience kind of seeing the fans again. All right, now let me button it up. <clears throat> Playing your old squad, those emotions, they all start with the familiarity, right? Just a simple switch of you're at the same place, but now you're the visitor, not home, right? Imagine that. Imagine you go home today after wherever you are right now. You're probably in your car listening to this or you're at a red light trying to catch a peek. Wherever you are. You're at work sneaking. Tomorrow I'm getting paid to watch Wiley. That's love. All right. Whatever you're doing. Then you go home. Same home. And all of a sudden, your bedroom ain't your bedroom. Like, no, no, you sleep over there. What do you mean? This ain't your house no more. What? I'm still paying. No, you're not. <laughs> and you're like, what just happened here? I'm in the same place in a different place, right? And that's how it feels. It's that weirdness, right? And in this example, you know everybody in there just like at home. That's my family. That's my friends. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, what up, boy? What up, boy? Oh, you got on something different today, different color. So that familiarity throws you off. I don't care who you are. You're just weird. This ain't nothing like deep psychological. It's just like you're feeling different. You're like, how come I don't feel the same even though I've been here a thousand times? Because you're going to the visitor's locker room. And that usually is not as good as the home locker room, one. And two, it ain't yours. Like, what was yours just got taken away. It's kind of weird, right? So I remember the first time it happened to me when I left Buffalo and played in San Diego. Now I'm nervous before the game. Nervous only because I wanted to show up and show off and show out on my old team. That preceded me even wanting to just play my normal great play, my normal good play. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do me, but I got to do more so they can know what they missing, right? That kind of thing. So you get caught up in that, had a you know, nervous night of sleep. Uh, you wake up, you try to act like it's another one, go through your same routine, but it ain't the same. This ain't the same old same. And I remember when I walked into the stadium, the first thing you see is you see the, the buses and you're like, oh, that, that's where they are. Oh, that's where they just got off. And you're walking into your locker room. It's a different, it's even a different locker room to you because you're not going to the same exact that you've been going to for years. So for me, I used to be used to the Buffalo locker room. Now I'm going to the San Diego locker room, but I'm used to it, but it still ain't home. Four years over there, four games over here. And I remember walking on that field and you walk on the field and you, as you're walking, oh, there's a trainer from all of, what's up, bro? Oh, Rusty, what's up, bro? You send all your boys, you're like, oh, what's up, Eric? Oh, man. You know, everybody trying to be cool and stuff. Like, I, I see you, boy. All right, all right. We're going to see today. The same practice no more, homie. Like, you know that. You're having fun. And what happened with my situation is <laughs> they start talking, my Buffalo Bills, former teammates, a little too much. And then my guys was just like, you know, we with them now. It's almost like you see the girl when you break up with him and you with him and they kind of know each other. Now, he going to really be like, she mine, even though we just started dating a week ago. And you're going to be like, now she always mine because we were together for four years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you're just like, God dang. I'm with, I'm with me, first of all. And then second of all, I'm with them right now. You leave me alone. You chill. You had your turn. Right? And then next thing I know, I'm not lying. Like in a Joey Porter kind of style, Pittsburgh Steelers style. They start going at it. Like, not fighting, but like close and stuff. I was like, Whoa. Pre-game scuffle over me. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's on today. Went back in there, put on my mystical. There I go. Boom, boom. We all come out to the stadium. Wow, wow. Boom, smoke. Junior say I run it through the tunnel. 
oh, doing that big old boom thing. Boom, boom, boom. And then I think we were on defense first. We had to because I can't remember nothing that happened. Sorry, LT, Drew Brees, but I remember me getting out there. First play from scrimmage. Sack. Ah! Why did I get a sack the first play? One, I was hype as a mother. <laughs> Two, I know these fools. Ain't nothing. I know what you do. You know what I do. But guess what? I'm doing it pretty damn good right now. This is wild style. This is that dude right now. Wah, wah, wah. Second play, tackle for loss. Ah, I'm losing my mind. I remember Rodney Harrison not jumping. Like, ah, da, 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 da. Third play, another sack. Get off the field. <sighs> and that was it, y'all. <laughs> I didn't do another damn thing that whole game. But I, game set. Checkmate. We won. I balled in the beginning. Three plays. Three great plays. I don't think I did anything else that thing. I just want y'all to know that emotional toll. So watch for Zeke in this game. Zeke might go off. I mean, go off. Right now, this year, what do you got? I got 122 yards. Um, rushing yards. Six catches. 21 yards. You know, whatever. Three games worth of work. He might go off. He might go off. Because right here, mind over matter. He is in that zone right now. I know he is pumped to go out there and get them boys because of how it ended and how he's still connected to them. All right, y'all. It's time to funk up some comments. Funk up some comments, yeah. All right, let's talk about that. Oh, let me just ask y'all some questions. I act like none of y'all ever played football, ever. Sorry. Y'all ever had an experience like that? The old to the new? And then the new and you banging on the old? You ever had that kind of experience? Let's talk through that. Beat it up in the comments. And the emotions, like the emotional part of the game. How much did that get y'all to the next level? Because I know what it did for me. Every time I got to that special place, I saw a Tom Brady clip talking about that. Woo! You act a whole lot different. All right, let's talk about Kaepernick and the funk up the comments section because yesterday, I that was a rare subject that I actually went back and listened to it in its entirety. That was a good block. You're welcome. <laughs> Whatever the hell. I just like the topic for real. I agree with Marcellus that Cap wants to be a martyr. I've been saying for years that the best way to show you can still play is to actually play. I haven't heard about any CFL, Arena League, XFL, or USFL trials that he's scheduled in the years he's been out the NFL. It always made me question how much he is truly interested in restarting his football career. Look, my daddy used to always say, one day I ran into, we didn't have a pantry, I ran into the kitchen. And in the kitchen we had this little drawer. And I ran in there, I said, looking around, we ain't got no food. I said, Daddy, we ain't got nothing to eat. He said, what? I said, Daddy, we don't have anything to eat. He said, yes, we do. But ask yourself, are you hungry or do you just want to eat? Excuse me? (laughs) I'm not lying. That changed my whole life perspective, not just on that meal. How bad you want something? You hungry? If you hungry, that and that going to go together and you're going to eat it. If you just want to eat with your luxurious looking ass, then you're just going, mm, it's nothing in here that matches, no ham and bugger. You know what I mean? So I always look at Cap that same way. I'm like, dog, hey, bro, you hungry? You really want this opportunity? Or you just want to play football, just play, just whatever, you know, highbrow, luxury style. He don't want to play like that. Come on, dog. I know cats right now were blowing me up still. I know cats right now that I still talk to that work out every single day. Ain't got a sniff of the NFL. Would do anything they could. Play in any league. Do any workout. Never changing nothing. No. Just give me a shot, dog. All I need is them to look. When I came out of Columbia, same thing. Had my pro day. All these cats from all these different colleges coming around. Hey, Wiley, I don't even know. Hey, can we um, work out with you at the pro day so we get some to shine? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? 
I don't get it. On top of suing the NFL and his comments on that Netflix doc, if he really did have a true desire to be back in the NFL, I expect him to be out for the XFL, USFL. AJ McCarron out of the league went to the XFL, and now Cincinnati signed him to the practice squad when Burrow got hurt. See, if you really do want to get back in the league, let's see it. Okay, love it. One more. One thing I tell my kids is that as much as the position you take in life matters, sometimes even more so, your word choice is just as meaningful. So Cap said the NFL is a slave plantation and sues that same organization that he deemed a plantation and is asking for a job from that same place. I am a literal person at times to a fault. Same here. I looked up the receipts. Cap signed contracts totaling $119 million with over $60 million in guarantees. Never heard of slave owners treating slaves like that. Point is, I bet when Cap has the calls, I bet when Cap has the calls, the owners felt a little boxed in. But the NFL just let him keep talking. Eventually, the slave that Cap claimed to be hung himself. And if I'm an owner and I wish they could do this, yeah, we did collude. <laughs> you sue me and then ask for a job at the same time? Cap just need to understand that he messed this up. When Nessa fired off that Django tweet minutes before getting signed, it was officially over. Don't get me started on Nessa. Let me say this one reason. Whether he wants to play or not, whether this is a charade or not, whether it's the cause or not, whether he's good or not, don't mess up your man's opportunity. And if he gave you that battery in your back, you should have took it out because you never know how you're going to feel tomorrow. <laughs> whether you, uh, I hope you got enough likes off of that one. <laughs> And then it, it, it was so bad that Ray Lewis caught some strays from it because he black and he likes the white owner that's supposed to be the slave owner and you're supposed to be the slave. Ignorant. And they over here trying to do black empowerment and, and go against police brutality. Woo, don't get me started on Nessa. Not a fan. Not a fan. Take care of your man. All right, here we go. Shannon class back. I don't think so. ESPN has more backing. A longer history and a bigger name than Sports Channel. It's not Skip versus Shannon and Stephen A. Most Americans don't even know what FS1 is. You got a point there because everybody used to clown me when I was at FS1, including Keyshawn, which, who is now at FS1. Keyshawn used to always say, where you go, Wiley? Where you at, baby? <laughs> I ain't seen you in a while because he was at ESPN. That's my dog. All right, so where you at, Keyshawn? Let me stop. He's going to be like, where you at, Wiley? At home in the basement with the rats in the ru- rushes in the back. <laughs> Not going to lie, I used to watch Undisputed on YouTube to watch Shannon's battle skip. I rooted for Unk but started hating the way Skip was coming at him sideways. When he left, so did I. I now watch First Take Daily. I watch some YouTube videos of Undisputed sometime. I'm also following Club Shay Shay and Onk and Ocho after the games. That nightcap show was hilarious. Yeah, that nightcap show looked fire. I got to catch it live now. First couple weeks, I didn't know what. I didn't know. I was like, oh, oh, I keep seeing clips on Monday and Tuesday. Hilarious. <laughs> Ocho is my dude. Ocho said, hey, I'm a Hall of Famer. And I ain't going to lie, he got a case. Uh, well, I know when we played against, him, we were like, God dang. Um, what was that? Like his rookie? No, I saw him working out. Remember, I told you that story. All right, anyway. So when he played, he was a beast. And then <laughs> Shannon was like, you were entertaining. You ain't a Hall of Famer. That, watch that segment. It's hilarious. All right, let's get to Sean Payton. Hackett started 2-1 and one last year. Let that sink in. Sean Payton is a good coach, but a very overrated one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Payton started to look a... A lot like the 08 Celtics, beginning to wonder how much mileage someone can get from one ring. Ooh, ooh. Based on what I've seen in New York this year and how bad off he really left that team in Denver, I seriously doubt he regrets saying what we all were thinking in the first place last year when they ran him off. Interesting. All right, last one. We get to skip. 
It's not racial. Skip is doing what he is famous for, reaching, hot, and bad take. The problem with Dion is that he never comes off as humble about anything. He famously went after a Hall of Fame class a few years ago saying that he should be in a different wing from them. His son is out there before the game talking trash about how he is going to beat another coach's butt. But did you know there were black coaches at Colorado before? Dion. Mm, interesting. I got the hiccup, so I got to hurry up. Even Kishan did some lazy reporting. Key, they do that all the time, trade information. Anything to get them ratings up, huh, Key? Shake my head. All right. I don't know what y'all talking about over there, but I know what I'm about to talk about. A Wiley-ism. Yeah. They are we. That's it. You ever catch yourself over there blaming others? Talking about they. What they doing? They, they. You know, remember DJ Khaled, the proverbial they. Well, you're a part of it. Yes, you are. You're part of the problem and you're part of the solution always. Why? This, that, one at that, one up there, and three at you. Always. So I love when I catch my wife slipping. She always talking. She be like, they be tripping. I was like, baby, you tripping too. <laughs> what do you mean? That's why on this show, and y'all catch me when I do it. Because I'm sure I do it because I'm not perfect. I'm always going to be interested in both sides of the coin. I'm always going to, I'm always, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you've been trained wrongly to always pick a side. Like the other side has no value. Look at a damn coin. Heads, tails. They both cash in. (laughs) Both sides have value, right? Not one side. I mean, how many issues are there that is just one side? Like just one side, 100%. How many really in this world? I can't think of many, if any, right now, but they are we. So when we are saying they tripping out there, they are slipping out there, they're messing this up, make sure you consider how much you're contributing to that. When I was talking to my itty-bitties, we lost our first game in seasons, year, whatever. I had to remind them, coach didn't emphasize to you guys to make an overhand versus underhand. I got that penalty. Coach is not perfect. You know, coasting called the perfect plays. The perfect plays is going to score, right? So I'm not perfect, and the plays are not perfect, but we're going to work these plays. So always just look at yourself. I think everyone will be in a healthier place if they put themselves in the position of what they're complaining about as well. Because if you know about it, then you can do something about it. That means you have some level of responsibility to whatever they are doing if you're in that connection with them, Right? They could be just citizens of this world. Oh, they out there shooting and tripping and, and robbing. Volunteer. Get to these kids early. Supportprojecttransition.org. Whatever you got to do. Go out there. Feed the homeless. Something. Lift the general spirit of your community up, right? Contribute. You're like, ah, oh, that ain't going to matter. Well, if enough people say that, enough of they say that, then we, you're right. Ain't going to matter. Mm-mm-mm. Testify while the whale, testify while the whale. <laughs> now, nah, seriously, man, all y'all get into this, man. We all in this together. I always talk about coexisting because you can build your own borders up, right? You can have $5 and say, my kids go to this school. It's the best school in the world. My kids only go here to their activities. They're, they're nannies and their trainers and their specialized coaches and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. That's cute. You know they got to coexist with this world. Whether those kids that you trying to protect them from or run from or act like don't exist, whether they go to their school or not, they're going to coexist. Who you think his wife going to be? Who you think his girlfriend going to be? Who you think the homie's going to be? You think it's just going to be within those borders? You are a fool. 
They are we. So you better learn how to coexist with everybody and make sure you put yourself in a place of responsibility no matter what they are doing because they are we. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. The show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming from more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.